0: So please open your Bibles to Habakkuk, um, which if you do not know where Habakkuk is, um, is a minor prophet. It is in the Old Testament, so if you know where the New Testament begins, it's five books back from the start of the New Testament, Um, so five books back from Matthew. Um, So we will be reading Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. Through the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted.
1: Amen. What is one thing that you have missed during the COVID pandemic? Many people would say that they have missed hugs. People miss being hugged by someone that they love. We need to be touched. Touch is one way that we communicate and that we feel love. People then can't wait to feel free to be able to hug those that they love. Now, if you like hugs, I think you're going to like the book of Habakkuk, which we are going to study over the next few months. The name Habakkuk is a form of the Hebrew word for embrace. But the name Habakkuk refers to a a different kind of hugging. It is not the hug of someone you love. Habakkuk's name actually refers to the embrace Of a wrestler. You're probably wondering why we have this wrestling ring up here on the stage. I want to assure you it's not because we're trying to attract more junior high boys to school, to church here. Rather, what we're trying to do is to communicate something about Habakkuk and who he is. Habakkuk was a prophet of God who wrestled with God. He could not understand what God was doing or why he was doing it or how long it was going to take God to do it. And so Habakkuk wrestled with God in prayer in order to get some understanding of what was going on in this world. At different times in our lives, we are in the same position that Habakkuk was in. We don't understand what God is doing. We are confused. And many of you are in that place today with God. Do you know what God wants you to do when you are in a confusing place with him? He wants you to wrestle with him. He wants you to wrestle in prayer with your questions and your confusion. He does not want you to walk away from him in anger. He wants you to stay and wrestle. Now, normally when you think about wrestling, you think about wrestling with someone who is your opponent. You think that the person that you are wrestling against is against you and wants to hurt you. He wants to throw you to the mat and to defeat you. He wants to lay the smack down. But that is not God's goal for the wrestling match that he has with you. Do you know what God wants at the end of your wrestling match with him? Believe it or not... God wants to give you a hug. God wants to bless you. He wants you to come to the place where you trust in Him and where you embrace Him, even if you don't fully understand what He is doing. If you have a problem today with what God is doing in your world, I want to encourage you today to wrestle with Him. Let's look this morning at the opening verses of Habakkuk to see what kind of problems we might have with God and what the solution is to those problems. First of all, our problem is seeing the wickedness of God's people. The opening verse of Habakkuk says this, the oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. Now, an oracle is a message that a prophet speaks to God's people. But the word oracle does not just mean a message from God. It also means a burden. It is a heavy spiritual weight. In this case, Habakkuk, the prophet, had to tell God's people that God was about to judge them. Habakkuk had been given a burden to tell the people of Israel with complete faithfulness a message about the utter destruction of his country and his land. What a heavy weight, then, Habakkuk carried. Before we look at Habakkuk's message, I'd like for us to notice something today. Let's notice that we know almost nothing about Habakkuk. He is not mentioned anywhere else in the Old Testament. We know, based on some of the historical details of Habakkuk's story, that he lived at about the same time as the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah. He lived just in the years before Israel's southern kingdom of Judah was destroyed by the Babylonians. But we really know next to nothing about Habakkuk, the man. What does that tell us? It tells us that the messenger is not important. It is only the message from God that is important. Our culture is in love with celebrities In the church, we can even love celebrity pastors. But in this book of Habakkuk, we are going to see that the messenger does not really matter. It is only the message from God that matters as far as God's people are concerned. And the message that Habakkuk has for God's people is about their sin. Israel has been wicked. In verse 2, Habakkuk speaks about the sin of violence that he sees in the people of Israel. The people of Israel are God's chosen people. They are supposed to represent the holy God before a watching world. But what is Israel doing to one another? They're hurting one another. They're being violent to one another. They're committing violent acts. It's interesting that you have probably heard of the Hebrew word that is used for violence here in verse 2. It is the word Hamas, which in Hebrew means violence, wrong, or cruelty. and In Arabic, it means courage or zeal. And it is the name of the Palestinian militant organization which has committed many violent acts against Israel in the past. Today, then, Hamas speaks of Arab violence against Israel. But in Habakkuk's day, Hamas' violence spoke of the violence between Israelis, where Israelis would hurt one another. Not only was there violence in Israel in Habakkuk's day, there was also injustice, according to verse 4. We read in that verse, So the law is paralyzed, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. Apparently, the innocent and the righteous within Israel were victims of injustice. The legal system worked in behalf of the wicked against the righteous. God had given to Israel his perfect law through Moses. But the best law in the world profits nothing if its laws are not maintained. So how does Habakkuk respond to what he sees in Israel? He was clearly agitated by what he saw. He didn't feel right about it. God, he knew, was holy, but his people were not holy. They were acting wickedly. But Habakkuk does not walk away and do nothing. He doesn't throw up his hands and say, there's nothing I can do about all this evil that I am seeing. No. Habakkuk instead gets into the wrestling ring with God. He wrestles with God in prayer. Oh, how I wish that there were more people like Habakkuk in America today. I wish that there were more Christians in America who prayed about the violence that they see and the injustice that they see all around them. I wish that these Christians would wrestle with God in prayer like Habakkuk did. If they would wrestle in prayer, I think that they would see God do wonderful things in response to their prayers. Who knows? God might even send revival to his church. He might even send an awakening to our nation if we wrestled with God in prayer. Now, notice the name that Habakkuk uses for God as he begins his prayer in verse 2. He prays, O Lord. This word, Lord, this name, Lord, is God's covenant name. It is the name that God gave to Moses when Moses asked God what his name was. It is the name Yahweh, or Jehovah, or the great I Am that we sing about sometimes in church. It is his promise-making, promise-keeping name. In giving this name, God promised to Israel that he would be their God and they would be his people. But as Habakkuk looked around Israel, he said to God in prayer, Lord, Your people do not look very much like your people. They are violent. They are unjust. They are wicked. How can this be? What is up with this? When I was the father of younger children, there were two words that I did not want to hear my children say. What were those two words? You promised. If my children told me that I had made a promise to them, I knew that I was going to have to do it. There were times when I had absolutely zero memory that I had come even close to promising what my children said I had promised to do for them. But if my children heard something that sounded something like a promise that I had made, they were sure to remember it, and they were sure to tell me what I had promised you know how God wants you to wrestle with him in prayer? He wants you to begin by saying, Lord, you promised. God is a promise-making, promise-keeping God. That is what the name Lord reveals about God. So if you see something that looks like God's promises are not being kept, That is a sign that you need to wrestle with God in prayer. Pray. Ask him to keep his promise. Then wait to see what God does. So one problem that we have is we see the wickedness of God's people. Another problem that we have in this world is seeing God's rule of the world. If God is Lord, then he is king over the whole world. He is sovereign. He is in complete control of all things, all people, and all history. That is certainly what the Bible teaches. But if God is king over everything, that leads us at times to ask certain questions. The two questions Habakkuk asks are, how long and why? In verse 2, he asks the how long question. How long shall I cry for help? And you will not hear. Habakkuk then is wrestling with God over God's timeline for action. When are you going to do something? Habakkuk asks. Since God is a promise-making God, he had promised Israel in the law that if they obeyed God, God would bless them. But God had also promised in the law that if Israel disobeyed God, God would curse them and punish them. One such curse of warning that seems to apply to Israel in Habakkuk's day is found in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 29. I'd like for us to read this verse together. And you shall be only oppressed and robbed continually, and there shall be no one to help you. It's quite a curse, isn't it? This is a curse that God promised if his people turned away from him. And so Habakkuk remembered all of these curses and promises of God. And so as Habakkuk looked around him at Israel's wickedness, he prays, God, why are you silent? Why aren't you doing anything? Isn't it about time for you to punish your people for their sin? How long must I wait? The second question Habakkuk asked God is, why? We see that question in verse 3. Why do you make me see iniquity? And why do you idly look at wrong? Sin and its consequences were clearly visible to Habakkuk as he looked around him at Israel. Why was the holy God tolerating evil among his people? Why wasn't he cursing his people like he said he would? These were the questions that Habakkuk wrestled with God with over in prayer. Some of you might have a question at this point, and your question is, isn't it kind of disrespectful to ask God these kinds of questions? Shouldn't you be afraid to talk to God like this? No. Actually, God wants you to wrestle with him. He would much prefer that you wrestle with him than you stop praying altogether. God wants you to get in the wrestling ring with him. The only thing that God asks of our questions is that they be asked in the context of trust. So if your question of God is asked with an attitude of, I don't believe you, I don't trust you, I don't think you're any good, And that is not the type of wrestling that God wants to engage with you. But if your question begins, God, I trust you, I just don't understand you, you're now in a good place to wrestle with God. God will wrestle with those who trust in him. Habakkuk was wrestling with questions over God's timeline and over God's tolerance for evil. He didn't understand how all of this evil in the world fit into God's rule of the world. In her book, The Hiding Place, Corey Tenboom tells a story about a conversation she had with her father when she was 10 years old. She and her dad were riding in a train one day when she read a poem that had a line in it about sex sins so she asked her dad, what do sex sins mean? And for a while, her father, like all wise fathers, said absolutely nothing. He thought about how he was going to answer his daughter. And then her dad lifted the heavy suitcase from off the rack above their heads. And he set it on the floor. He then asked his daughter, will you carry this suitcase off the train for me, Corey?" Well, Corey then got up from her seat and she began to tug and to pull at the heavy suitcase. Finally, she said to her dad, It's too heavy. I can't carry it. Yes, her father said. And it will be a pretty poor father who would ask his little girl to carry such a load. It's the same way, Corey, with knowledge. Some knowledge is too heavy for children. When you are older and you are stronger, you can bear it, for now you must trust me to carry it for you. Corey was satisfied with her father's answer, and she was at peace. There were answers to this question that she had of her father, and there were answers to all of her questions. But for this moment, she was content to leave those questions in her father's keeping. God is a great mystery to us, not simply because he is God and he is infinite, but because we, in comparison with God, are merely children. And in his love for us, our childhood is protected by God. There are answers to all of our hard questions about the way that God rules the world, but we need to trust him as we wrestle with him over those questions. It is trust in God and his rule over the world that will lead to peace for us as we wrestle with God. Our solution, then, is to pray and to trust God's sovereignty. Habakkuk is wrestling with the truth of God's sovereignty as he prays. He prays, God, you say, You are Lord over all things. And you say you are completely holy and good. So then why don't you do anything about all the injustice in your world? Why don't you do anything about your chosen people's sin and wickedness and injustice? Church, the Christian life for us is a struggle. It is not easy to walk by faith in this world. And when you do struggle, when you do question things about God's rule of the world that run contrary to God's character, you need to pray. You need to wrestle with God like Habakkuk did. Don't walk away from the wrestling ring. Hang in there. Wrestle with God. Keep praying. Habakkuk's main prayer request is found in one word at the end of verse 2. Save. Habakkuk's prayer for Israel was the same as the prayer that some of you are praying for America today. God, save this country. We are in a mess. There is so much evil going on all around me. Save us. Habakkuk had obviously prayed, for God to save Israel from its violence and wickedness for a long time. This is why he asked the question, how long? But it seemed like God was silent. It seemed like God was doing nothing in answer to his prayer. And so Habakkuk wrestled with God while he waited for an answer. The good news is that God is not doing nothing While you pray. Even when you don't see it. God is working. Even when you don't feel it. God is working. He is the sovereign king. In control of all things in this world. And God was at work to answer Habakkuk's prayer. For the saving of Israel. And for the saving of all of us. God was just not working on Habakkuk's timeline. Habakkuk wanted Israel saved right here, right now. He thought he knew better than God when to do certain things. But Habakkuk needed to remember the truth that is found in this quote that I brought a picture of this morning. Habakkuk needed to remember that this is God's universe and God does things his way. You may have a better way, but you don't have a universe. Habakkuk needed to remember that. So contrary to Habakkuk's wishes, God the king waited. He waited until Israel realized fully how dark its sin was. God waited until Israel desperately realized how much they needed God's grace and how much they needed a Savior. And then about 600 years after Habakkuk prayed for God to save Israel, at just the right time, God sent to Israel and to us a Savior. He sent Jesus to save us from our sins by dying on the cross in our place. God answered Habakkuk's prayer for salvation. And God gave to us the gospel, the good news of salvation in response to Habakkuk's prayer. In fact, it would be the prophet Habakkuk who would summarize the entire gospel in just one verse. Habakkuk wrote at the end of Habakkuk chapter 2, and verse 4, but the righteous shall live by his faith. This verse is quoted three times in the New Testament to show how we are saved. We are saved by faith in Jesus and Jesus alone. We are made righteous by our faith in Christ. And we need to have faith at all times that Jesus will indeed save us. We need to keep that faith, even in dark days, days like the prophet Habakkuk experienced. Faith trusts humbly and persistently in God's plan for establishing righteousness On the earth. That is the theme of the entire book of Habakkuk. And God's plan for establishing righteousness was and is Jesus. So Jesus was the ultimate answer to Habakkuk's prayers. He was the ultimate answer to Habakkuk's questions about God. How long was Habakkuk going to have to wait to see righteousness in Israel? until God the King sent Jesus to earth to die for our sins. And why wasn't God doing anything right now about all of the wickedness in Israel? Because God was merciful. God was waiting for Israel to see the depth and the darkness of its sin so that it would turn from sin and repent when the salvation of Jesus became available. Over the last six months, I have said the same three words over and over again. I don't know. Pastor, are you 100% certain that no one at our church will get sick at one of our worship services while the COVID pandemic rages on? I don't know. How can we keep people unified in our church when they have such strongly differing opinions? I don't know. When are things going to get back to normal? I don't know. What's going to happen in this country after the election? I don't know. Are people really going to come back to church after being away for six months? I don't know. All this uncertainty has left me anxious. And the anger of people around me has also brought forth a response of anger on my part. So what have I been doing with all of my anger and my anxiety and my confusion in these months? I have been wrestling with God. A lot. And in the wrestling, God has reminded me of what I know about Him. I don't know about a whole lot of things right now. And that is scary. But here's what I know. God is sovereign. God is the king of the entire universe. And God is good all the time. He has a good purpose in what he is doing right now, even though I don't understand it. And I can and I will trust in God. So what am I going to do? I'm going to keep wrestling with God. I'm going to keep praying. And I would urge you to do the same. Sometimes we don't understand what God is doing. We see a problem in the way that God is ruling the world. And we get confused, like Habakkuk was confused. When you are confused... Don't run away from God. Don't step out of the wrestling ring. Don't tap out.
0: Hang in there.
1: Pray. Wrestle with God. And while you wrestle, understand that all of history is under God the King's control. Everything happens for God's purposes. God is on the throne. He will remember His own. His promise is true, and he will answer your prayers at just the right time. Let's pray together. God, we thank you today that you are a God who encourages us to wrestle with you. Thank you that you don't want us to run away from you. Thank you that you are not upset by our many questions, but I thank you instead that you want us to bring our questions and our fears and our confusion to you. Lord, I pray for your people in this confusing time, this time of great anxiety and anger. I pray, Lord, that we will wrestle with you. I pray that we will trust you, and I pray that you would keep us in the faith and growing in faith. In your great name we pray, amen.